What if I told you there's a way you could be a second shooter at a family session so you can see exactly how the photographer prepares, how they interact with their clients, what they say when they're posing, or when they choose to use fluid motion, what they do when kids might not cooperate or dad might not be in the session. What if I told you there's a way you can see what the gear is that they're using, where they're positioning themselves when they're shooting, what factors they're taking into consideration when they're shooting, what if I told you there was a way you could see what their straight out of camera images look like, and then you could see their editing process too, so you know exactly how they get those start to finish images and those polished ones you see in your Instagram feed. Now what if I told you you could be that second shooter without ever having to leave your house? What if I told you that not only do you get to watch it from home, but you didn't have to remember every single thing you were trying to learn the first time you watched it? What if you could watch and rewatch as much as you wanted? How would that improve your images, your posing, your confidence? Now, what if I told you there is a way you could be a second shooter, not only for one photographer, but 26. That's exactly what you'll experience inside the 2024 online family retreat. Your inspiration will soar, your art will improve, your posing will become more fluid, and your confidence is going to increase so, so much. And honestly, your clients are going to feel so much more comfortable. Head on over to themilkyway.ca slash family retreat. It all gets underway May 29th, and we hope to see you there. That elevated emotion is the place where all creation comes from. So like my husband isn't super woo-woo, so I always say to him like, well, you can trick the system because what you just have to do is your body doesn't know the difference if an experience is real or not. If the chemicals are flowing through your body that you're joyful, that you're grateful, that you're in love with life, those chemicals flood your system. If you can get that to happen, then you start thinking about what you want to manifest. Now you have a clear intention with elevated emotions without trying to sit there in meditation and, and question yourself and think like, oh, this is never going to happen. Welcome to the Art and Soul Show, where we dive into heart-opening chats on photography, business, life, and that messy in-between. I'm your host, Lisa DeJaso, a mom, a photographer, and entrepreneur, and I'll be sharing honest conversations and advice for photographers with insight on mindset, entrepreneurship, and creativity. The goal of this podcast is for you to be able to gain insights and strategies that will get you real results. Because let's face it, having a photography business can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. This is a place you can go when you need a boost of encouragement, a kick in the pants, and inspiration to pick up your camera. This is the Art and Soul Show. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the show. Heidi Hope was one of my very first guests last year on the Art and Soul Show when we first launched, and we thought it would be really fun to reconnect and catch up. Since so much has changed since our first interview, we were both pretty much still in the complete shock of the global pandemic. Heidi Hope has been an incredible friend of mine, and we have always had so many laughs and really honest conversation. So without further ado, here is my friend, Heidi Hope. So welcome, Heidi. Hi, thanks for having me. It's so good to reconnect with you. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you are passionate about. Oh, that's a big one. (laughs) So um, I started a photography company in 2008, 
and I ran a portrait studio with my husband, Sean, and we grew that to be a multi-million dollar studio. We had a number of associates. We were traveling and speaking a lot in the photography industry, mostly on the business end of things. In 2018, we were really feeling pulled in a new direction with photography, and I wasn't sure if I wanted to continue with the studio. We started property hunting, and we thought maybe we'd move studios or build our own studio or buy a studio. We ended up taking a couple of years off, actually. That whole process took a lot longer than I ever anticipated it taking. So for a number of years, I feel like we were just sort of soul searching and trying to figure out like what's next for us. Is it staying in this industry? Is it something else entirely? You know, that was a big inward journey. And through it, I did a lot of self-healing. It was really a spiritual kind of journey for me. Now I'm actually in the process of writing a book. I'm running some online coaching and masterminds for photographers and not just creative women who are looking to like next level their life. And, and maybe we're at a place that I was a few years ago, which was feeling really stuck and really unsure of what the next direction would be. I think creative women have so many ideas, you know, and, so and a lot many. of things we're good at too. And so it can be paralyzing sometimes to think like, well, what's my real purpose? That's a big question, right? <laughs> so that's sort of the, the direction I've taken it now. I do still, we opened a company called New England Photo Collective. So we once again have a studio space and we rent that out to other photographers. And I also still take on photography clients as well, but at a much smaller scale than our old portrait studio did. What I love is that, you know, I love you that you touched on about purpose because a lot of the times you feel like, you know, the purpose has to be one thing Mm -hmm. and it's like, we're dedicated to that one thing and we can't do anything else. But what I love is that you explore multi-passions, many purposes, and you kind of interweave them into your soul work, which becomes that one purpose. It totally does. So what advice do you have on maybe someone who is struggling kind of just with all these different directions to like kind of hone it into one area? Well, one thing is, um, I I always hated the expression niche down because that is just not my personality type at all. No, (laughs) neither. And also I bore very easily and I don't know if there's any other like ADHD Um. types in in the audience, but uh, yeah, exactly. and And I think a lot of artists, our brains do work that way because we're creative and so there's always new ideas. There's always new inspiration. There's always like bright, shiny objects, right? And frankly, you're probably good at a lot of things if you run a business because you have to wear a lot of different hats to be a small business owner and start a business in the first place. So I think it's important to understand that your purpose isn't one thing. It's a tapestry of things that is so unique to you. It is your education, your talent, your experiences. It's your traumas. It's your shadow side. It's it's your greatest gifts. and And it's so unique to you. And whether you're running a photography business or not, if you can tap into that place of power and bring it into anything you're doing, whether it's washing the dishes or it is running a business, that is your most powerful place out of which to operate your life. And that's also where you find the most joy. Your purpose and your joy are so intimately, I mean, they're almost the same thing pretty much. (laughs) So those two things go together and then and then really abundance and money and success in business all follows that. So so getting that down is so important. I love that. I think a lot of the times we get confused like there it seems like getting in alignment is this really 
big word and you're like, I don't even know what that means. Yeah. And truly alignment is just like leaning into what does bring you that joy. Yes, and definitely. like when I was starting to like understand a little bit more about alignment, I was like, okay, like just explain it to me in terms I get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and it's an everyday process. It's not like yeah. one day you wake up and you're like, I've made it. I am finally aligned. aligned. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I would say that actually when I decided to leave the, the studio, that was a really big decision for my husband and I, because it was our, our only source of livelihood for our families. We had built it into something really great. It's just like our, our, we, our souls knew that there was something else for us and continuing that same exact business model was not what it looked like anymore for us. I had already gotten to a point in my own spiritual journey that I, I had the courage. I recognized that calling of my intuition and my soul, and I had the courage to follow it, but it doesn't mean that it was like super easy after that. Like I was like, Oh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, here we go. Totally aligned. And now I'm just following my intuition from here on out and it's going to be super easy. That brings up a a host of fears and things that if you're like me, you probably spent a lot of your life burying a lot of stuff or running away from stuff or being an escapist. Mm -hmm. And as you get closer to your gifts, it's like there's a level of kind of your greatest fears are sort of like layering right over how you're supposed to shine in the world. Yeah, it's so true. I recently went through my own bit of transformation. I'm just hanging my camera up for a little while. Like I've always done holiday minis. They've been my thing for years. And this year I kind of decided my heart is not in it. I don't want to do it. And holy, the fears that came up. Oh, yeah. Heidi, like I was like, people are going to hate me. I'm going to get hate mail. I'm letting everyone down. Maybe I should just do it anyway, even though I'm not loving it. Maybe I should just do it just to make people happy. And I was like, wait a sec. Like that is not living my purpose. Like, so I, you have to make those hard calls sometimes, even though it's painful. So like, it is, you know, what's right for you, but then it is leaning into that shadow side of that fear and just diving Mm -hmm. in anyway. Yeah. It's and and I think what makes it the toughest is that for a lot of us, the place that we're stuck is usually something we're pretty good at and something we're probably making money at. And, you know, if it comes to business decisions, but it could be in your life too, where it's good. Like it it is, I mean, if you've ever read um, The Big Leap, he talks about your zone of excellence and your zone of genius. Yes. Most people are working in their zone of excellence because they're they're excellent at it and they, you know, they're doing a good job. And, and for me, that was photography. Yeah. That was somewhere I'm always, I'll, I'm good at it. And I feel like I'll always get clients at it, but it's like not what my soul is calling. I think it's a piece of what my soul is calling me to do, but it's not the, like the fire, you yeah. know? And so it's harder to walk away. <laughs> you know, if you're like, well, I'm terrible. I'm hanging up my camera. That would be a lot easier. But when it's like, yeah. well, no, I'm good. And I have all these customers who want me, then how do I shift more yeah. in the direction that's like in that full space yeah. of alignment? And, and we make alignment so complicated, but it's like so yeah. simple. Cause you just know it in your heart and your soul and your gut. Like you just feel it. You're on or I you're think, off. <laughs> yep. You're on or you're off. And I think a lot of the time we get a like, I'm going to go really woo here. Yeah. You forget that we can trust the universe. Like, yes, the universe is on our side and it really wants to get our back, mm-hmm. but it wants you to be honest about what you want to and ask for it. Yep. Right. And then things do fall into place. Mm-hmm. That, and that is that gut instinct is 
the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, spirit, that is that part of you that is connected to that. That voice is that coming through you. And so when you block it or don't listen to it, or that that's that's how you why you feel depressed. That's why you feel anxious. That's negative emotion really only comes from the blocking of that flow of what is what you were born to bring into the world, what was meant to flow through you. Oh, I love this. I love this conversation so much. We go, we always like go in these, like, I have this list of questions and I'm like, no, we're just going to take this like different train to like universe fill. (laughs) Well, we got to trust the universe. This is what the universe is is given to us right now. I love it. I love it. Now I am going to switch to a question. So what I do love about you, Heidi, is that you have the ability just to pivot and say, I'm done when things are not working out, but you're fully in faith that something is better is coming along for you. So can you share maybe how you are able to tap into the inner wisdom? Because not for everyone, it's not that easy. And how do you step forward and take action even when things feel really scary? Well, the first thing is is learning how to listen to your inner voice and discern, discern what is like fear that's holding you back and what is fear that you're meant to push through, you know, or you're supposed to get beyond. That's such a hard question because it's Mm -hmm. sometimes really, really hard to tell. Yeah. So for me, uh, meditation has been like, has changed my life. I used to be very scatterbrained. I have adult ADHD. I remember sitting, um, going to a yoga class and, you know, when you do shavasana, shavasana at the end of class and you have to lay there. And around when I was in college, I can remember thinking like, how can people lay here with their eyes closed for five minutes? Like I I wanted to crawl out of my skin in stillness. I had so many things to do and so much to achieve. And I was so busy, you know, the practice of meditation, you can start really small. It's like a muscle and it teaches you how to be in that stillness. And then in the stillness is where the voice, your inner voice can start to be heard. And the more you get used to what that sounds like, and the more you act on it in little, little ways at first, you start to trust it more. So it's really a trust building process. So by the time I made that big leap to walk away from my studio, I had been practicing this for a decade in very small ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as, and then like you said, the universe, you can trust the universe. You can trust that voice of that power coming through you. So taking baby steps to begin with and then being like, okay, it, it works. <laughs> this is, this is the right path. You begin to trust it more and more. I love it. Do you find you use the law of attraction? And I do. Like, is that something? So that's something, you know, to be completely honest, that's something that I've really struggled with wrapping my brain around and manifesting. So do you have any tips on like manifesting for beginners? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so the, the two biggest keys for manifesting are having a clear intention and an elevated emotion. And so you, you have to get those fears out of there. And some of that is your kind of shadow work, which we could talk about too, but that helps you gain confidence in, in what you want for yourself. Like if some, my belief is if something's on your heart that God put it there, the universe put it there, like it wouldn't even be on your heart unless it was in the realm of possibility for you. It's just that you begin to doubt that it's possible for you or that it could actually happen for you. And those doubts are the only block to manifesting really. So for beginners who maybe still have a lot of fear, I actually say to like trick your system. If you've ever studied the work of um, Joe Dispenza, 
Yes. He I, talks about. I just bought his book, Heidi. Oh, I yeah, just he's so bought good. his book. Yes. Yeah, he's good. He's got a bunch of Facebook groups and stuff, so yeah. you should join them. I'm in all of them. <laughs> but he comes from a scientific perspective. He is a doctor, and he talks about what happens in the body, in the brain, with your neurochemistry. I mean, he's like hooked brains up and studied them and everything. And, um, that elevated motion, emotion is the place where all creation comes from. So mm-hmm. like my husband isn't super woo woo. So I yeah. always say to him like, well, you can trick the system because what you just have to do is your body doesn't know the difference if an experience is real or not. If the chemicals are flowing through your body, that you're joyful, that you're grateful, that you're in love with life, those chemicals flood your system. If you can get that to happen, then you start thinking about what you want to manifest. Now you have a clear intention with elevated emotions without trying to sit there in meditation and and question yourself and think like, oh, this is never going to happen. Or you're vision boarding and you're like, I'm never going to look like that bathing suit model, (laughs) you know, (laughs) with the six pack of abs. Uh Um, So yeah, for that, uh, that's, I think a beginner way to just trick your system is like get into that. So for him, He's very athletic. So for him to get into the elevated emotion and flow state is usually physical activity for him. So I'm like, well, when you're running on the treadmill and you get that runner's high, start thinking about everything that you want to happen in life. You you can't think of it from a place of need, lack, desperation, like, oh, I really need this next paycheck or whatever. That does not generate, it doesn't draw it to you. It just draws more lack and desperation. We're like magnets. So whatever our energy level is, that's what we'll draw to ourselves. Oh, I love that. And I love that how you touched on um, your body doesn't recognize the difference between real and not real. Because how many times have you had a dream that was so yeah. real and so vivid? You're like, no, that happened. That really, that, yeah. that had to have happened. And it's so true, even though it was completely in your mind. So I love that. I love that analogy there. Yeah. And have you heard like elite athletes do this too? So like yes. Olympians, they do visualization. They picture themselves winning the race or whatever, it, it, it helps performance professional athletes do it. Olympians do it, whatever, because it actually works. So it's, it's putting your body in the state of I'm a winner. I'm going to win. This is more likely for you to actually perform better when the time comes. I love it. It's, you know, mindset training and, um, brain training is so, so fascinating, but I love how you touched a little bit on shadow work. So can you share a little bit about how working on your shadow, it ties into everything. Yes. So, um, I'm sort of a, I'm a Enneagram seven. I'm a classic, like (laughs) escapist. (laughs) Yeah. So so the beginning of my spiritual journey was really like, my goal was transcendence. Like the body is a place of pain. I had all this trauma from childhood. And for me, it was like, I just, I wanted spirituality to like take me out of this experience into one of bliss and joy and all that. And that does come through spiritual practice. Uh, but it, for me, it felt like the, the more I was in this like higher state of consciousness, the more my shadow side was starting to get like, like pay attention to me louder and louder. And you can find that in a form of feeling stuck, feeling blocked, um, self-sabotage. Maybe mm-hmm. you're just about to like <laughs> level up in life. This is another thing they talk about in the big yeah. leap that you're like ready to up level and something keeps holding you back. And you're like, you're right there on the edge. You know, you're meant for something more, but like, why do I keep doing, why do I keep slipping back into familiar patterns that are not serving me anymore mm-hmm. when I know better. Right. And so that's where I, started to, I actually read a book called The Shadow. It's by Debbie Ford. Um, yes. I, and, and she took, she talks about how your gift is like very 
tied into, it's like just underneath your shadow kind of, but you have to at least bring your shadow to light and integrate it. You have to accept your entire experience for your true gift to be recognized and your purposes in your gift. That's all together, right? And so I recognize that for me to get past this point of transcendence, I had to face all of that. And it, it's really terrifying, especially if you've been through difficult things, like real tough stuff in your life. It's a very terrifying thing to, to you don't want to go, you don't want to look at the pain. You don't want to feel it again. You don't want, there's a lot of emotion buried there. So that was sort of my process. And then it kind of, it even went deeper, like with COVID shutting everything down, there was no more running. There's nowhere else to run to. You know, I ran in a million ways. A lot of it was through drive, through work, through achievement. And now I'm home all the time. And it just, and I think COVID shifted a lot internally for a lot of people. Because not only are we facing ourselves a little bit more, but we're seeing a lot of chaos in the world. Like these are, it's tough to watch the news right now. It's And so not only is our own internal shadow bubbling up, but the collective shadow of earth yes, is like the global being shadow. exposed for everybody to see. Right. And so, and starting the inner work is where you really start. I mean, there's big things you can do on a world scale, but like you got to start with yourself first. Cause if you don't take care of your own stuff, you're never going to be capable of mm-hmm. achieving what you want out there. It's so true. And it's so funny because you mentioned about with the shadow is like you, when you, as soon as you start peeling that back, you're like, oh, I just want to put that in that box and yeah, put that back yeah. on that shelf. Like, no, just no, I'm just going to compartmentalize. Like, that's that's yeah. my superpower. Like, yeah, <laughs> totally. No, you got to unpack the boxes. You're a hoarder. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, totally. I And I, like, literally and figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I... I for a long time, I was a spiritual self-help kind of like junkie. I yeah. think I've read every book out there and mm-hmm. I do love to read. But at some point I decided like, I probably need a professional to sit and like, look at this with me because it's, it's too overwhelming. And like, I don't, I don't know how to professionally process these emotions. So <laughs> let's call someone in to any, and you're not meant to do it alone. You're really not like we're, we're human beings. We're meant to connect and we're meant to do it, whether it's through friendships or through a professional or whatever, um, we're not meant to walk through the scary stuff by ourselves. No, hundred percent. And and the thing is, it takes the sting out of things when you start to show your shame or where you're vulnerable or your pain. It doesn't feel quite as scary, and it doesn't feel quite as alone. And it doesn't, you know, it's like the monster in the closet. If you like bring a flashlight, and all your friends are like, actually, that's just, you know, that's not even a monster. That's just like a gum boots and like a, a coat. Like you're, you're okay, dude. Yes. And if you bring a shadow to the light, it dissolves, right? Yeah. Like you, if a room could be dark, you turn on the light switch. Where's the darkness? It doesn't exist anymore. Right. And that's, that's what that process is, is examining and releasing it. And and then when you get past it, you're like, I can't believe I spent my whole life so scared to look at that and face it because now I'm free, you know? Oh, I love that. This is a yummy conversation. It is. Look at us go. I'm just so glad to not be talking about marketing. <laughs> I feel like I always get ta- – like if people want me to talk about business yes. all the time and I'm like, I just want to talk about like my soul. I know, soul. right? I love this. I love this because, you know, it's funny. I was actually just writing something earlier today about we get – stuck in boxes and it's funny because because we're often sometimes the one who made the box and holds the key to the box yeah right and so like because you're this is what you want to start talking about 
you're like, okay, well, let's talk about it. And then you're going to have more experiences where you get to talk about it. Yeah. Right? I just think it's it's just so fascinating. And it's like showing your work as a photographer. It's like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to shoot families. So why are you showing families? Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Well, you know why? Because we show the world what's safe. Like we show the world where we feel comfortable being seen. And it takes a long time for us to have the courage to show the world where we are uncomfortable with being seen or we're vulnerable with being seen, you know? So well said. Yes. Yes. Because it is, it's so, it's so comfortable to do the things that you're good at Mm -hmm. or to fit in or to not, you know, change your editing style or to do the same editing style as everybody else, you know, and to blend in. And because when you stand out, that really is scary. Definitely. And if you're set in your ways as a photographer too, even just from a photography perspective, think about the stuff you're really scared to show. It's like the stuff you're so, it's like so connected with you and your Uh heart that you're like, if anyone criticizes this, I'm going to be destroyed. Uh (laughs) Yeah. And so that's what you get nervous about sharing. If it's easy to share, it's like probably not your soul's work, really. It's probably, it could be a, a piece of it, but there's something deeper. There is something deeper that you can be sharing. Yeah. We're going to go deep here because I actually stopped sharing all of my milk and honey work really over the past two years. And part of the reason was, is because it didn't look like everybody else's on Instagram. Yeah. And I was like, either like my fear was like, okay, like I'm irrelevant and this is like, you know, passe, I'm not cool anymore or whatever, or like it just doesn't fit in. Mm -hmm. So if I don't show up and I don't share, that means I can't get hurt. Yeah, exactly. Right? And like, that's not a really, and then what happened was I ended up just getting stuck. I started hating my work. I just started, I got myself into that darn cage. Yep. And so now I'm just kind of like, I'm coming out of it. I'm hanging up my camera for a little bit and I'm trying to figure out what do I really love? Like what lights me up instead of what am I doing to impress the world? Yeah, definitely. And, and your passion to share a lot of times will supersede your fears about sharing. Like listening to you say that makes me think it was probably time for you to pivot, you know, because you no longer were so fired up to put it out there that you didn't care how anybody judged it anymore. And if you're missing that fire, you're doing the perfect thing. You have to rest and you have to create space to kindle something new within you. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And that's the thing is we forget, like we are such a part of this hustle culture that we forget that how imperative rest is not only to creativity, to our mental health, to our relationships, to our physical health. You know, we just get caught up like everybody's doing it or I'm seeing this, you know, photographer down the road, all this work, like just, and, but you're not actually taking into consideration what is their quality of life? How much time are they spending with their kids? How much sleep are they getting? Like, are they, are they happy? Right. I mean, I did, I did the hustle and I built a huge business and I made a million dollars the last year, the last year of business, Mm -hmm. we made a million dollars that year. And I was like, not worth it. I thought achieving that milestone would be like, would have made all the sacrifice work it worth it. And I got there and I was like, nope. This doesn't feel how I thought it was going to feel. Mm-mm. It actually there is no external of, reward. No, there's ever... not. There's like no one sweeping in going to give you like this brownie badge or like your girl guide yeah. badge of like you finally achieved this, Heidi Hope. Right. And you're like no, right. no. You're just like, and your brain also will shift and go, okay, next. And you won't even sit with that 
appreciation of whatever you've accomplished. Your brain's already looking at what's next. And so it's like, what, what white elephant are you chasing? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You, you climb so many mountains in life and the more mountains you get to the top of and happiness isn't there, you start to wonder, well, where is it exactly? And the answer is you have to look within. Yeah. 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 It's like, what is that? The Wizard of Oz? It's like, it, yeah, was, inside, exactly. it was inside you all along. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so look, if you, once you start getting into this work, you can look at every great philosopher, spiritual path, enlightened being on the earth, artists, scientists, like Einstein said it, you know, everybody says the same thing. Like you have to look within you. Everything is found within you. It's like when you hear about lottery winners that like spend their entire fortune trying to buy their happiness. And, you know, then, then you hear about someone who like just gave it away. They're like, no, I'm good. I got what I need. And I just, I just think it's so fascinating. The cool thing is, is that you can cultivate, like regardless of any external circumstances, you can cultivate the greatest joy within yourself if you're willing to do the work. Um, and it's really not hard work. <laughs> it's a very enjoyable, yeah. um, except the shadow work is a little tough sometimes. Yeah. But other than that, like most of the process really is relaxing and enjoyable. It's learning how to get into flow state, elevated emotion. It's fun. It's you're, You get to play with your world. When you start getting good with manifesting, when you start to enjoy the process of meditation, it, life becomes a little bit more like a game. I love that. So for someone who's maybe just getting started or beginning with a spiritual practice, what tips or daily habits would you advise or suggest maybe starting with to get into it? You have to start with meditation. You just yeah. have to. I'm not, I'm not letting you out of it. <laughs> there are so many great ways to do it now. It, from a scientific perspective, it does change the neuropathways in your brain. It will, with consistent practice help you reach those elevated states of emotion. It will help you have more presence throughout the day. I mean, there's just the range of benefits, just Google benefits of meditation and you could read for days. So, um, it's scientifically proven. So take five minutes, start with five minutes. If you've never done it before, there are apps now you can use headspace. There's a calm app. You can go, I mean, this stuff is everywhere. Once you start looking into it, you can look up healing music on like Spotify and Pandora. You can find Reiki music and it doesn't matter. Whatever you like to listen to, you can sit in silence. You can do breath work. You could do transcendental meditation. There's so many modalities of it. If you're Christian, you can sit down and say a prayer and just sit in silence afterwards. It's not like it doesn't have to be outside of what your belief system is. It really is just finding stillness and presence on a regular basis. So you work the muscle of your brain. So number one recommendation would be five minutes every day. Start with that and then you can grow it from there. It will grow too. You'll want to stay in longer, um, but commit to at least that. There's an app that actually is a free one called Insight Timer that I would recommend too. That is a great one. Um, there's the Calm app and there's actually a new one that I've been doing because I am a busy brain and I'd like to get my workout in too, but I'm doing one called Superhuman and it has walking meditations with I affirmations. I love walking. Yeah, Joe right? Spenza has a walking yeah. meditation too. His is like two hours though. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have, to, I don't have like, time I don't have time I could sit in meditation for two hours, but I'm not walking for two hours. <laughs> 
I love it. Yeah, I do love the walking meditation, especially if you are an active person, and that's how you typically do tap into more elevated emotions. And music, I think it can be really great to get you into that state. Guided meditations are gonna like lead you through breath work and kind of give you what to think about. So those can be nice too. If you if you have a busy brain, the guided meditations are really helpful in the beginning to give yourself something to focus on. One, I have a really busy brain and I would start judging myself about like the thoughts that would come up and then I'd like go down this rabbit hole and this thought and then I'd be like, oh shoot, I'm supposed to be meditating and now I'm judging myself and now I'm mad at myself. And blah, 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 blah. So what I, what I had heard is just like imagine all the thoughts like cars on a highway and you're just standing on the side of the road and you're just observing them go by. Like don't attach to them, just let them go. And so that's helped my brain just kind of get into more of a meditative mindset and just the thoughts, just let the thoughts come, but you don't have to ride with them. Yeah. (laughs) And don't be down on yourself. If you do that, some like our brains are what the made their way that they're made. And I still have a very busy, active brain as well. And so sometimes I am sitting in meditation and it's just my energy that day is like, I'm thinking about a million things. And the quickest way to get back to a state of peace is through non-judgment. It's through yes. saying, oh, like silly brain there. We went on a tangent for 10 minutes there and picked up your phone and looked at Facebook again. Let's just come back <laughs> into our happy place. You know, that's okay. It's human. Um, and that's okay. And I, but when you criticize or judge yourself for that, that, that now you're just spiraling into negative emotion, right? Have you read Gabby Bernstein's judgment detox? Cause I picked it up, yes. but I haven't read it out yet. Yeah, it's good. So she studies A Course in Miracles, which I also started studying over 10 years ago. I like her principles because she puts them, she takes the course and she puts it into the language of the universe, right? All her books are good. You'll love them. Like the universe has your back is a good one too, but she puts it into very modern day spiritual language. And I love that. But anybody who is more of like a traditional Christian language Course in Miracles kind of uses that Trinity language or she uses the universe for that kind of stuff. But yeah. Love it. It's all the same thing. It's all the same. It's all. So I know that you can speak from experience on this. And I think there is just that big fear of just letting things go, evolving and letting yourself change. And we really just put that immense pressure on ourselves to keep wearing life pants that are out of style and just don't fit anymore. Now, can you share any advice on just busting through that mindset and specifically how it ties into letting others down and letting clients go, but being honest with yourself? Yeah, I still struggle with that to a certain degree. I was always strong with business boundaries from the very beginning. I really did a good job with that. But um, I think my own fear surrounding, I would say security, money, security, safety would probably be like, I feared my family's security probably more than I feared letting other people down. So that's what I really struggled with. But I guess it doesn't matter what your fear is. (laughs) You could be more of a people pleaser and you're like, oh, I I don't want to let these clients down. And even right now, um, I still take a few clients, but I am not shooting because I'm running a couple programs online and I really want to focus and dedicate myself to teaching. So I'm not shooting again, probably until after the new year. And I get inquiries every single day Mm -hmm. about like, are you doing Christmas minis again? Are you? And gosh, there's a part of me that's like, it wouldn't be that bad. But, um, I'll tell you this, 
Again, this is like stretching a muscle, like set a small boundary. It doesn't have to be walk away from your business. It doesn't have to be hang up your camera for the entire season, but you could set a small boundary. Like I am only going to take two sessions a week during this season because what my kids are out of school or whatever it is and stick with it. And if you don't stick with it, pay attention to how you feel because after once I got so in to living in alignment, once I felt like what it was like to really live from my gut, from my instincts, from my inspiration. Now, anytime I violate that, I feel terrible. Yes. I feel like I am just being so like dishonest with myself, you know? It that's not a good feeling. And so last season, for example, because COVID happened last year, and we had been shut down for so long. We had just opened a new commercial space and I was used to even having associates. So I didn't even used to shoot a lot of our holiday mini sessions. But last fall, I was like, you know what? We have no idea what's happening with COVID. I am just going to shoot as many sessions as will book me, make as much money as I can. And that way, if we get shut down again in January, okay, so this is obviously making a decision based on fear because we just opened this brand new space. We dumped all of our money into it. Um, I have an opportunity to make money. I I will just kill myself for do what I need to do for my family, kill myself for three months. Right. And it was terrible. And I knew I I know I did the same thing. Yes. And it was terrible. And I was like, I was texting my friends and I was like, women in the industry. And I was just like, never, ever let me do this again. No. Um, but same. at the same time, that did drive me to make further changes. That gave me more courage to say no. And that's why this fall, I'm like, I'm not doing it. I will find another way. <laughs> but I will never again, um, I will never make business decisions from a place of lack, scarcity, and fear. Because I know that that is like a form of self-betrayal, yeah. you know? Oh, Yes. And oh, you can't, honey, and it feels worse than like, I, I did a lot of that in the past. You know, my husband was saying, he's like, you used to shoot like 10 sessions a week. I was like, yeah. And I was, I was miserable and it was, and now I know what it is like to live in alignment. And so it's even harder to, to step out of that at this point. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that you talked about boundaries because I think that's one muscle that I've really been working on stretching and giving people some boundaries. And the one quote that I loved was the only people that are upset with you having boundaries were the ones that benefited from you having none. Exactly. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. so what was interesting is I got a message from just an acquaintance a couple weeks ago. And the message was um, just sending a few pictures at first. And then it was like, you know, it'd be really fun is if we went and did this shoot. I was like, but who would this be really fun for? Like, like what? So you're telling me that me working for free for you is really fun. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I'm like, and like Lisa from like a few years ago would have been like, oh yeah, that would be really fun. Because yeah. the fun for me is making you happy. Right. 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 And I'm like, yes. no, actually me giving up eight hours of my time is not fun for me. Right. At all. Like there's better yep. uses. Like I'd rather like hang out with my family and watch Netflix. Like that's yep. fun. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So like learning these boundaries, but also kind of leaning into like, it's okay to say no. It's okay Absolutely. to like, just like, and that's one lesson. Like I'm 42 and it mm-hmm. is, I'm still learning it. Yep. I think that we all um, create these sort of like 
methods of protection from childhood and it's different for all of us so we have these little I don't want to call them weaknesses but we have these areas where we either overextend ourselves for me it's probably overworking I would say more than anything it was like this drive to achieve and like run run mm-hmm. away <laughs> you know but people overwork people overeat people overdrink people over say yes people you know And so I'm sure everybody listening has like one or two of these little Mm -hmm. things that they're like, yeah, that's a a place where I really struggle with honoring myself and what's best for me. And I think looking at them and realizing that they are a protection mechanism, like if you can go back to why did I start doing this in the first place? Why did I become a people pleaser? Why did I start running and want to hide all the time? Why? And if you look back, you can kind of see like, I, oh, I you did can this. See. Yeah, I did this to protect myself. And and once you recognize that, rather than being harsh with yourself for doing it, you can have compassion. Like, okay, this part of my personality helped me survive up until now. But like, Heidi, like that side of Heidi, I don't need that anymore, you know, because I am safe and I, I do have abundance and I do trust the universe, you know, and, and then you can start to let that go rather than resisting it. I think resisting it, you know, we try to fight these parts of ourselves or resist these, but why do I keep doing that? It's just like, accept it. It was, it, it worked for you for a long time when you didn't know any better, but now that you know better you can step into your power. Mm, I love that. So true. For me, it was um, specifically making sure everybody around me was happy. Yeah. And that was my responsibility. That. that was my responsibility. I feel like I was the oldest of four. I felt emotionally, um, I had to make sure my parents' emotions were in check. I had to make sure and my siblings, like I was responsible for everyone. So saying no became not really an option. And so that's just something that I'm like, wow, okay, well, that's what old Lisa used to do. That's what little Lisa used to do. But this Lisa, she's okay with it. Yeah. And usually you have a lot of fear. You have yes. to get through a lot of fear to start doing that because, of course, because you, your body, your stored energy from childhood, has been, you've been taught that was your way of protecting yourself, you know, keeping things on an even keel. I'm more of like a peace, a peacekeeper. Like I, for me, it's harder to, to speak up because that would cause chaos. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want anyone to like be unstable. And so we're just going to keep things invisible and quiet and peaceful, you know, <laughs> not rock the boat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just find it so fascinating. Oh, yeah. This and, is such a fun conversation. Heidi. It is. I only could go on forever. I know this we really could. It's deep stuff. <laughs> So you chatted a little bit about overwork and burnout. And I know with photographers, we really are going into a very, very busy season. A lot of photographers are, you know, we are working out of that fear mindset or that excitement or that people pleasing. Um, And that burnout really is real come November, December. Can you share maybe a strategy on keeping yourself in check for photographers that they just don't get to that point? I would say to write down exactly how long it takes you to shoot whatever it is, a mini session, a session, write down everything that goes into that session, the client correspondences, the shooting, the editing. If you haven't done this yet, you should do this anyways, because it should go, it should tie into your pricing model, but write it all down. What every single one of those mini sessions takes you to do 
Like one thing I underestimated last fall, I did have an editor, but I really forgot how long it takes me to cull everything and then uh-huh. to apply the <laughs> snow overlays and the light overlays because I wasn't having her do that. And so my husband's like, what are we paying an editor for? You've been at your computer like 24 hours a day. And I'm like, I, I just, I underestimated how long some of these little tasks were going to take me. And so writing that all out ahead of time now, and then looking at your schedule and re- and and t- then put in your personal stuff, put in your five minutes of meditation, put in your self-care, put in your family obligations. Do you want to bake cookies with your kids on a Saturday? Well, blo- well, then block off two hours to do that because if you don't put that in there, you're going to let photography consume every extra hour of your day. And suddenly you're going to be there in the middle of December. Like I haven't even decorated for Christmas with my own kids. And here I am making everybody else's holiday memories uh, come true, right? Which only breeds resentment. And so plan it out, decide what you can reasonably take on and stick to that boundary and know that every time you say yes to a client, and it violates that boundary that you, that is a form of self-violation. Um, and you're not going to feel good about it in the end. Oh, and there's no amount of money that's worth that. There is no amount of money that is worth that. No, I love it. And you don't want to get to that point where you resent what you do. Like we all got into this as creatives, as artists who wanted to do something we love (laughs) and make money at it. And like, you don't want to get to that point where you hate it. No, you got to have the guardrail set up beforehand, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. 100%. All right. So we're going to go into a little lighter speed round. Are you okay. ready? <laughs> okay. So if you had to pick any animated character to portray you in a documentary about your life, who would it be? Uh, probably Anna from... <laughs> That's exactly who I was thinking for you. That's yeah? so funny. Yes. <laughs> I, have, I have Anna vibes. <laughs> I did dress up as I dressed up as her when my kids were younger, when both my daughters wanted to be Elsa's. So we had two Elsa's and I was Anna and, and all the, like the uh, little kids all thought I was really Anna. <laughs> oh, I love yeah. it. You are a Disney princess. princess. <laughs> so funny. Okay. Flowers or chocolates? Chocolates. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I both. guess. Yeah. Both. Why do you have really to choose? Do. Flowers make me really happy. I got to say, I like having fresh flowers in my kitchen. What was your most embarrassing photography-related moment? Oh, I think it was like one of my first celebrity shoots, and I didn't even have a backup camera at the time, and I was up in Boston. I pulled my bag out, and the camera fell out of my bag and snapped. I thought the whole camera was broken, and I didn't have a backup, and I was like an hour away, and we were on our way to a family vacation. This was like just, it was like gut-wrenching feeling. But then I figured I could take a piece of the other lens out. It was like the lens had shattered within the whatever that hole is called. <laughs> and so I pulled the piece of the lens out and put a new lens on, which wasn't ideal, but at least the camera still worked and I could still do the session. But I was like shaking. I was I was sick to my stomach when I watched it fall. So I was embarrassed about that. And then, of course, the pictures weren't everything I wanted because I didn't have the equipment I wanted. But No, 100%. And because you're stressed and then your mm-hmm. energy's like changed and you're like... Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. Yeah. What's for dinner tonight? Ooh, I have a sunset beach session. So <gasps> <laughs> I'm probably just going to have something on the fly and I have leftover meatballs from the hurricane that I we just it. had. Mm. <laughs> well, I'm glad you guys are safe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So what's your favorite guilty pleasure? Ooh. Uh, this is tough. I really love um, cheese and like pizza, which I feel like is a guilty pleasure. Um, but I really like wine, but I don't really feel mm. guilty about that. No. <laughs> that's just my favorite yeah. pleasure yeah. no guilt associated I feel a lot more guilty my stomach feels a lot more guilty I love um, it you know what I think pizza. we should just start calling it like why should we feel guilty about it exactly we should just call it like what's your favorite pleasure yes exactly right? yeah I love that okay um if you could travel anywhere in the world right now where would it be mm. I have not been to Europe and I studied so much art history so I would go to like Italy or Greece probably would be my top spots right now. And I love to end my interviews with this last question. And it is, what are you currently artistically curious about right now? Mm. Well, I told you I started writing a book. So I've been learning a lot about writing and book proposals. And yeah, so writing, I guess, would probably be my art form that I'm most curious about. I love it. Okay. So where could our listeners learn more from you? Well, you can go to HeidiHope.com or HeidiHopeLearning.com and see all my information, my upcoming programs. You could also check me out on social media. I'm just Heidi underscore Hope on Instagram. And I have a couple Facebook pages, but you just search Heidi Hope. You'll find me everywhere. (laughs) I love it. Oh, my friend, thank you so much for spending this time and your heart and your energy with us today. I just love our chats. I love our chats too. It's like my favorite thing, reconnecting with you. We haven't talked in so long. So thank so you long. for having me on the show. And we totally don't even really plan. Like we're just, we just go We're just like, what's going to happen? I don't know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Gonna I, be good. Send you, I found photos of you and Sean and me in Ontario from oh, a couple wow. years ago that I have yes. to send to you. They're hilarious. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that was fun. We, uh, I, yeah. I can't wait till the day we can all get together again for mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I, I, might share, I might actually share those pictures with you guys too. Yeah, share them. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Oh, my friends, I loved that conversation with Heidi. And if your biggest takeaway is either meditation or putting up some guardrails for your business, I would definitely suggest that exercise. The last thing you want to do is end the season totally burned out. And I can tell you from experience, year after year, that's not where I'm going to be this year. I'm sending you so much of my light and my love today and every day. We'll see you next time. Bye.